0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Fam, Friends and Magic, a Magic the Gathering podcast brought to you by Swagoy Gaming. My name is Bill Grennan. everyone calls me Brasky, and today I am joined as always by Mr. Toolshed, Sean Gallagher. What's up, Fam? Hey, that's me. It is you and it's it's Sean. It's interesting to me that I only called out your name because we are we are missing two parts of this four-part podcast and it's because well, the mighty Linguini Caroline Cavanaugh celebrating a birthday, which we wish her happy birthday. And also at the time that we're recording this podcast, a little bit later than usual, it's kind of past Conan Hawk's bedtime. But never fear, because we are joined by a special guest, and that is the newest member of the Swagoi Magic Team, and that is Nefet. Hi, you, you, hi, you. Welcome to Friends and Magic.
1: Thank you very much, Bill. Thanks for having me on. Uh, we
0: are so glad to have you here. This is actually really exciting. You know, you're, you're the newest member of the team. You're part of the Magic team. Uh, you have, you know, I, I, I'm aware of a lot of the background of where you come from, as well as Sean is as well. But I think the listeners out there, um, why don't you give just a quick background about yourself, your relationship to the game of Magic the Gathering, and, uh, uh, you know, why you joined Sugoi and what you're, what you're hoping to do.
1: Um, well, I started playing Magic pretty recently in magic terms so i started at Cat, which is you know three three years ago now i'm gonna say is that right three That's, three and a half
2: that sounds right
1: yeah it's, it's, so it's about that i've I, seen yeah, the, I I, i've seen roughly three standard rotations uh so pretty kind of a baby to magic in terms of length of time but i have played a lot of magic since i started my passions in terms of playing magic are definitely limited Is my number one passion uh, 40 card decks are the bomb. Um, anything more than that feels excessive to me. And I do I do play standard as well. Um, but more recently, what I've been doing a lot of is actually casting. So I'm uh, definitely an up-and-coming um, play-by-play caster. Uh, I started out doing a lot of gigs like the Venus and Mercury League, which is a, a Swogoy affiliated event. Um, it's a... Uh, a League for Women and Non-Binary Players, and also um, various Mythic Society events, uh, events with local, you know, um, esports arenas, and uh, lately I've actually been hired by Channel Fireball to do some gigs, so I did, I covered a Channel Fireball Pro Showdown um, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to do another one in August.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, as, as someone familiar with your work, because we worked on the production team together, uh you know, especially watching both you and Sean and Caroline, like, it's it's really great to see everyone making the best out of a funky situation that, that is COVID, because, you know, in, in-person magic kind of goes by the wayside, but that means that there's a lot more digital content to cover, and it was really cool to see, uh, especially things like the the Swagoy Limited event that we did a couple weeks ago, that there'll be a new one coming up uh, fairly soon about that, is that there's a lot more opportunities for coverage, and in that, uh, we get to have a new relationship with the game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's also um, a, a window of opportunity here for a lot of new blood in the casting game. Um, and we've seen some of that already with uh, some of the bigger events like the CFB uh, Magic Fest Online series and also the SCG series. Like we are seeing some, you know, newer faces on coverage than the ones that we've seen year after year after year. And I think uh, it's going to bring kind of the magic esports coverage scene into a, a little bit more of a modern, fresh, bit more upbeat, bit more maybe high energy feel than we've been used to in the past. So, you know, onwards and up.
0: Yeah, upbeat and fresh. That My uh, way to achieve that when I'm casting is simply just to mainline energy drinks, like at least 10 <laughs> minutes before the cast. And then, you know, even if I have no idea what's going on or if I'm feeling really low energy, at least I'm talking fast. Like, that's the big thing.
2: That's all you need to do, Brasky. As long as you're talking fast, people are excited, right?
0: Exactly. And, you know, Sean, how uh, you mentioned that she's kind of like a baby to magic. But here's the thing. Like, I've been a part of this podcast since day one. And I really jumped in at IXALON. So... I think if anything, uh, if anything, I'm I'm the baby to magic. She's like at least in the terrible toddler stage and that yeah. makes you like I, what like a high school senior? Like what's going on?
2: Yeah. You? <laughs> how, you, how you like walking and like, you know, opening cabinet doors, is still just like trying to roll over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I'm at the point where I'm, you know, dodging school and trying to get my permit to drive my car to school p- point of my life, I think.
0: That's exactly <laughs> the point that it's at. I'm just sitting back, just kind of taking everything in, yelling nonsensical things at people around me to give me what I want. <laughs> right. G- Grixis Mill. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, I want my
0: what is this what is this guy crying about oh it's okay you don't really understand him because he can't <laughs> form proper magic words yet he's he said something yeah he said something about it's like yes no drown secrets yes what is he doing uh don't don't pay attention to him just smile at him make pretty noises and he'll he'll giggle and you can go off and do your own thing like that's all that's, it's gonna be that's just a brasky that's him yeah that's just Top to bottom, that I think that explains my relationship to the game at this point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and my relationship to the game has been enhanced uh, by the fact that uh, we've had another week of M twenty one in in all of its shapes and forms. And because of that, there's a lot that has happened over the past week in Magic. And Sean, I would like to know how was your week in Magic then? Yeah, I mean it was it was kind of a weird week in Magic. I guess
2: I was pretty excited for the SCG tournament that all three of us uh myself caroline and eric were able to play and we played on on saturday and none of us did particularly well i did start off one and oh but then lost two rounds in a row pretty quickly i played bant control or bant ramp whatever you want to call it uh, the deck was pretty good but it was you know had, had a weird tournament since then we've played some limited um played a lot of blue red spells that deck's awesome Magic was, I've been kind of taking it slow. We have, you know, some news about a ban and restricted update. So not really too excited about playing Magic until at least Monday.
0: So see what happens. Yeah. I mean, that's that's entirely uh, feasible. And I completely understand where you're coming from on that one. So when, with the SCG event, you know, how do the other uh, Swagoe members do? And, and you said you're playing Bant, which is, you know, considered to be a pretty strong deck. Do you think that it's. A little bit overrated did you think that maybe you didn't have the best grasp of it what was your opinion of that of that event and like that kind of pocket meta
2: yeah so uh round one i played a mirror and ended up beating the mirror so i mean you know the mirrors could be a coin flip whatever and then round two i played against brad nelson who we all know is very good at standard and brad had some extra cards that were good in the mirror game one and we played a super long game one. We played like a thirty-nine minute game one or something like that. So, you know, I kind of just chalked it up to like losing to Brad, and his deck was built better for the game one. And then round three, I just like got mono red out of the tournament. So, I think the deck was a good choice. Maybe I could have sideboarded a little bit better when I played against the mono red deck, but overall, the deck was a good choice, and I was pretty excited about you know picking what was probably the best deck in quotations, but. I felt really good about my deck choice. Uh, Hi, you. What was? uh, How was your week like?
1: Um, Well, my week started off strong because I decided to join Slogoi. So
0: (laughs) that was seems seems pretty good. Good start. Good start. Yeah. Good
1: start. Yeah. Um, I've also um, this week has been a bit of a preparatory week. Um, I've got we're casting the uh, Venus Mercury League playoffs tomorrow. So it's been a lot of interviewing players, getting uh, getting all of our slides and content and notes ready for that. Because um, tournaments, you know, we've finished our league play and we're, we're going into the, the final two weeks of playoffs, so it's kind of pretty important to get all of our, all of us, you know, T's crossed and I's dotted. Um, and then uh, also looking forward to the Swigoi Draft Tournament on Sunday, which is going to be the first and possibly only limited tournament of this um, <laughs> of this core set. Um, so, yeah, I've been playing a lot of limited, um, been playing a little bit of standard, actually, because um, definitely some of the new cards have caught my eye. Uh, Sublime Epiphany being the main one.
0: This is why, um, we're, this is why we're friends. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, it's been absolutely um, sickening for me. <laughs> For those of you who
2: <laughs> don't know, high use picture in our Discord is actually Sublime Epiphany with her face replacing <laughs> the face of the card. It's pretty great.
1: Yeah, somebody, a friend of mine made that this morning and sent it to me. And I was actually at the hairdressers at the time, and I just started like crying with laughter at the hairdressers because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> um, and can I just quickly tell you about a really cool Sublime Epiphany I cast?
0: Oh, yeah, no, we, we oh, are, you, are you asking if we have time for non-sequiturs? We have all the time in the world. Come on.
1: <laughs> okay, so I was playing Team Rec with Nightpack Ambushes and Sublime Epiphanies in the main, and uh, I was playing against this Salt Eye deck, and they played a Thief of Sanity. So they hit me with a Thief of Sanity, multiple cards, took a card, and then they um, later on in the game, I had an Uro out. They cast that card, and it was a Nightpack ambush, my my Nightpack Ambushet. Then they untapped, tapped all of their mana, and cast a Hydrate Crisis. And I got to go sublime epiphany, counter the Hydrate Crisis, stifle the Hydrate Crisis trigger, bounce my Nightpack Ambusher back to my own hand, and copy my Uro and draw a card.
0: Wow. I, I just need to like put a perspective for the listeners out there. What Braski's doing at this moment is the equivalent of the Robert Redford gif of the bearded guy looking over his shoulder and there's a close-up to his face and he just nods yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm so happy. I'm so happy at every part of that sentence. It makes me, I, that, that, see, this is the disappointing thing about not having uh, Caroline or Eric here is that all of us are like, hey, check out this awesome blue card and we don't have these other two people to be like, no, stop it, please. This entire thing's just going to go off and be like, hey, let's talk about awesome blue cards. That's where this is going to go off the rails. I'm
1: very happy to talk about awesome blue cards I'm definitely <laughs> okay
0: with that too, yeah. And Sean, I got, I got to point out, um, who, who was the person you lost to at SCG? Brad Nelson. Yeah, your, your version of being like, oh, well, you know, I lost to Brad Nelson, like no harm in that. I, I'm at the point in my game uh, with Magic where I, I say the same thing. But about just like random screen names in arena, it's like you know. Well, yeah, I lost with uh, I lost with my you know black with my black blue mill deck. But you know, I lost to you know Edge Lord sixty nine. You know what are you gonna do? Like that's that's all I can do with that, and you know that's what you expect playing at, at the bronze level at bronze yeah. two. Like that's totally fine.
2: The first sixty-eight were really tough. It was the sixty-ninth one. <laughs> that was the hardest.
0: One. Yeah, it was actually it was actually a mountain I climbed, like in the old Mortal Kombat games where you just kept <laughs> going up uh, different edgelords and I I reached that high at least, but no, apparently that's not gonna work out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you, one one edgelord is one too many for me. <laughs>
0: that's true. That's true. We don't we don't need them. We don't need them around anymore. But what we knew what we do need, as you were talking about Nefet, is more events more things that are going on in the world of Magic, which is why we like to just take a quick second to talk about some of the things that we know that are going on in the next week or so in the world of Magic the Gathering. And that includes the uh, 2020 season one championship qualifier number three, which is going to be in the standard format. That's going to be on Saturday, July 11th. I believe it starts around 10 a.m. Eastern. And then after that event on Sunday, there is going to be part two season one of the uh, Swagoi draft event that is uh, you know, in partnership with the Mythic Society. And folks can check out the coverage of that, featuring some of the wonderful people on this podcast at twitch.tv slash the Mythic Society. And then the other kind of news that was out there that uh, is uh, kind of interesting, I think it's pretty good, is that there is the uh, proverbial announcement of the announcement that there are going to be some bans and restrictions on Monday, July 13th. And uh, the, the bans and restrictions themselves are going to affect they said historic pioneer modern and pauper so either that is one card played in all four of the formats or we're going to see multiple cards uh, taking some hits here and and Sean what's your what's your initial you know thoughts and thoughts and musings about that ban and restriction announcement announcement
2: oh man this is like a weird like you know the shrek Uh, mannerism where it's like this is an onion with a bunch of different layers like this is exactly how i feel about this banning right so we have all kinds of weird issues going on right now where we have you know wilderness reclamation nexus of fate teferi that's like level a right like that's or sorry level one first tier that's the first issue going on in historic i think nexus of fate or wilderness reclamation or teferi should probably get banned to some degree I don't know if it's all three of them, one of them, or what, but probably something needs to go in Historic. In Pioneer, my guess is it's probably going to be looking at towards the Inverter deck. I mean, the Inverter deck's been doing really well, um, maybe something like that. In Modern, I'm leaning towards an unbanning, actually. There's a lot of cards on the ban list that I don't think need to be there anymore. You know, fingers crossed for Birthing Pod, I mean, we've talked about it before, Birthing Pod is what I played before Control Decks, so if they unbanned a Birthing Pod, I'd be right back, I'd be giving up my keys to Celestial Colonnade to get back into my Birthing Pods. So, really hoping for that, and then Popper, not really sure, I don't even know what the format looks like right now, it's kind of a weird format where eight people play it um, on moto, and I don't really know what's going on in there, but... Maybe, like you said, might just be one card in all four formats, but I'm thinking it's going to be individual bands in each format.
0: Hi, you uh, and and Sean, as as blue players, uh, I need your your backup on this. I, I think this is important that you agree with me, no matter what I say next. Agree. Okay. Nexus of Fate did nothing wrong. Yeah. Agree.
1: <laughs> agree. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The Wilderness reclamation. That, was, <laughs> that, was, that was such a long pause that I hope that Eric keeps that in the edit that he did he just like sees that pause and like no we're holding on to that one.
1: <laughs> I don't think the card itself is the problem. Obviously the, the mana accelerants um, are an issue. Uh, if you remember from back in the day when Nexus was first printed, but before reclamation came out, people were attempting to abuse the the big teferi untapped two two lands were we Triggers i don't, to, I don't oh, know what you're talking nexus? about no
0: i would never do something like that oh geez that's... <laughs> people did that oh <laughs> we did i don't remember that
1: man uh, uh, do you not remember that was like a big no i honestly
0: are you asking if i was the type of person that played best of one nexus of fate of course i was <laughs> not yes i was
1: <laughs> um no i don't think nexus has really done anything too wrong i think it's really the the enablers not the payoffs that that should get hit
2: yeah that's kind of where i was saying was like th- like the three cards that people are like twitters complaining about it was like nexus reclamation to fairy right i think you're right on right on how you are it's like wilderness reclamation is really the one with the sinning here i don't think nexus of fate is the problem but i think that it's going to die for reclamation sins but we'll see cuz like if they ban nexus of fate the nexus moves from nexus of fate into like expansion explosion like it doesn't standard so i don't know
0: yeah this is yeah. this is basically the version of the eric andre meme where he is he's teamer wreck and he is shooting the historic meta and then turning to the audience and saying nexus of fate how could you do this yeah exactly <laughs> i love that meme that's a good one.
1: Yeah, it just does seem like Wilderness Reclamation is just the kind of card that will keep getting abused. Although, if it does get banned, I'm going to be very sad not to be able to play Sultai, the Scarab God, Wilderness Reclamation, in the, in the future when, when Amonkhet gets good. Oh, yeah, that yeah. be.
2: Also, there was one more event uh, that was announced today, actually, for asking, we forgot about it. No, hit, it. hit, me, hit me up. Uh, August 1st, the next uh, Arena Open tournament mm. got announced today. The next one, funny that we're talking about historic bands. the format is historic for this arena open. So once again, it's like the, what was it, like $20 to enter the tournament? Last time, I can't remember. It was was somewhere in the ballpark of about $20 to get in. You needed to get seven wins to make day two. And then once you made day two, you could get up to seven wins again and then make $2,000. So it's that tournament structure again. But it's going to be on August 1st and 2nd. Um, and it's gonna be historic, like I was saying.
0: yeah, I remember like he- hearing about that at the same time It's like, oh, that's a really cool event. I think it's gonna be really, really awesome at the same point. We're also like it still raises the question from the last episode is like, when does Amond Cat remastered come out? Like they basically <laughs> said sometime in this period of time. I know that they said it's gonna be released in like MTG arena in August. so okay, okay, at least we can have this historic event without worrying about that. But still, like with the bans and restrictions coming, when they're coming, it always feels like there's some type of major event that's like, great, bans and restrictions. Awesome. It's a mad dash to figure out the meta and then jump in.
2: Yeah, I literally was like thinking about playing some historic today just to get ready for it. I was like, oh wait, doesn't really matter because on Monday it's all gonna not be a race anyway. So yeah, I don't know. It's magic's weird right now. That's not, that's that's the the bold title of the essay I'm writing is Magic's Weird 2020.
1: Uh, in my opinion, they should just ban cards until Blue Red Kill Fiend is good.
0: <laughs> I'm, all, I'm okay I'm, with that. I'm all for this. You know what? We're changing formats. This is no longer just a Magic the Gathering podcast. It's a Blue Red Kill Fiend podcast. That's all we're going to do. That's all we're going to focus on. So all we're going to talk about for every episode for at least an hour. Works for me. Perfect. i <laughs> I think we're good on that. I, You know, we talked about bans and restrictions, but you're right, Sean. There could be some unbannings in some stuff. And you mentioned Birthing Pod. Uh, as well uh, and for for anybody to kind of comment on it is there is there any card that's restricted or banned in any of those formats besides birthing pod that you'd be like yeah you know maybe they say hey this one's not so bad right now let's let's see what happens if we unban it and, and it can do something i mean there's a couple of cards in modern
2: where it's like <clears throat> punishing fire umazawi's jitte just like some historically legacy level power cards so just like having those cards enter the modern format might be a little suspect, but yeah, those are some cards that other people are like, you know, we want our punishing fires, we want our Umazawi's Jitte's, like those camps, but I don't know. Those are the three cards that if any got unbanned would probably be it. But they might not even unban anything. Who knows?
1: Um, I've seen a lot of talk about of course unbanning Splinter Twin. Oh, the, talk, my God. the talk of every single ban and restriction. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean anytime modern's like terrible, they're like, but this deck kills me before Splinter Twin ever did. Yeah, well Splinter Twin also has four remands in it, so yeah, you're right. Every time there's a BNR update, it's like, oh, it's time to bring back Splinter Twin. No, it's never coming back.
0: You know, I'm just gonna say they're just really gonna gonna throw caution to the wind and say, hey, here's your pioneer banner and restriction. All the fetch lands are unbanned. Oof, man, Aww. that would be that would be wild. I'd be okay with that. That'd be awesome. Or at least I could see, I don't know. I, I'm wondering what they're going to do uh, on that end as well. Like just to, just to throw, just to throw some shade on some people, just unban some random cards, especially in modern. Like that, that band and restriction list has gotten pretty, pretty decently long. It's as long as it, it, if you go to the magic, the gathering page of band and restrictions, modern is getting as long as the restrictions on vintage. Uh, and so it's like, okay, splinter twin. Yeah. Let's take that out. I'm like, throw, throw, throw something else out there. Unban something else just to see what what might happen. Like, who's to say, like, is there, of course, you know, I'm, I'm someone who's going to look at the blue cards, and I'm just sitting there just like, yeah, unbanned ponder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, there's other there's other cards in there that you could see, like, hey, maybe this could be something that they take out, like, Green Sun Zenith. What would happen if they took that out?
2: Man, so, Green Sun Zenith is just, like, a really powerful card in general, where it's like, the let's just, like, think about, like, the ramp decks, right? So, like, for one green mana, you get to put a Dryad Arbor into play. So basically, you get to ramp a land into play for one mana, which, like, if you think about Magic, ramping lands is always a two-mana effect. So getting to do it for one mana kind of breaks that card. And then late game, you just get to turn your X spell into any green creature in your deck. And historically in Magic, there's a lot of broken green creatures that get played in modern no. one of primeval titans. So
0: <laughs> I mean, you're talking about how how it's that could make it too easy to ramp in magic and i'm like have, have we seen standard
2: yeah you're right okay you got me there <laughs> like standard is pretty egregious ramp wise too but
0: Nefet, what if i throw this out to you in terms of in terms of modern or other spots is uh <clears throat> unban the I, I believe one of the latest banned cards what if Cart clan ironworks gets unbanned
1: well, wow, I mean, the Matt of the world will would jump in joy.'m <laughs> i sure. Um, as for the rest of us, uh, I think it would put a lot of people off is is my view on it. I personally, I know and I the birthing part is kind of also falls into this category, so I'm gonna be a little bit careful about what I say, but um I think generally, it is not fun to play against combo decks that just your opponent is just doing stuff that you don't understand and don't care about, and maybe you die in 10 minutes. I, like I just, to me, that doesn't make for a good play experience. I I fully supported the ban of KCI when it happened. Um, from that perspective, I know it's fun. People like building intricate clockwork machines but if you're not into clockwork machines and you're into like the other parts of magic i do think that um it's too dangerous to unban cards like KCI. i
2: i turned my camera on just so you could see that i'm almost crying right now that you would say birthing pot is never getting unbanned i do agree with you that it is not fun to play against when your opponent has it in play but man, is it a lot of fun when it's in play on so. here?
0: <laughs> this is yeah, why, I mean, th- This is well, why we should never be on any type of rules committee because oftentimes we would just our counter arguments are just basically, yeah, but I like it.
2: yeah. I mean, if they are it, everyone can play it, not just one person.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not how it works is Although I mean as, I mean we're we all into blue cards here. Like as island players, to some extent the fun the amount of fun in a game is gonna be zero sum for us. But
2: <laughs> too true.
1: <laughs> but um cards like Pod and KCI, I think take it too far.
0: Obviously.
2: So you said you said you started playing an almond cat, right? Hmm. Okay, so that was before birthing pod was in modern, right? Or, no, or it was ab- after. After, birthing, after, yeah, sorry, yeah, after I birthing n- pod. I modern.
1: never knew birthing pod. Before. Okay, but I did yeah, know. I did know KCI.
2: You're, I I love how you described it. It's like a zero sum game because, like, the games where I had birthing pod and my opponent didn't, I was just like so far ahead. It didn't even matter if I couldn't activate my birthing pod that turn. Just like. If I had the birthing pod resolved in play, my win percentage went from like forty five percent to probably closer to sixty percent just because how powerful birthing pod is.
0: Gosh, I I'm I'm looking forward to a time where I can enjoy ridiculously powerful decks like that, which is I guess why I'm always just kind of playing devil's advocate of being like, Well, what if they unban this thing? What if they <laughs> unban this thing? Maybe I can Maybe I'll jump into the format and play that ridiculously broken thing so I feel like I know what I'm doing.
2: Yeah. You know what's funny about Birthing Pod is like when they, when, when organizations run no ban list modern tournaments, Birthing Pod isn't even the most broken thing that's getting done just because Eldrazi are just way more busted than Birthing Pod could ever hope to be. Um, Yeah. The no ban list modern tournaments where Birthing Pod's totally legal, Birthing Pod like isn't even in the top eight ever. It's just always. A mental misstep or eldrazi decks in the top eight
0: so <laughs> well, regardless of the format of magic that you play there's always going to be something very very powerful there's always going to be people complaining about amazing blue players like ourselves but uh it doesn't matter whether or not it's going to be pauper or modern or historic or standard or even limited which is kind of the specialty of our newest sugoi team member uh hi you you know we we haven't had a chance to really talk about m21 limited both you know draft and sealed and and how the format's gone and and what to expect about it and i guess my question for you would be you know it's it's a core set right so a lot of the archetypes that we're seeing are the typical archetypes you know things like plus one plus one counters and you know blue white flyers and life gain and, and sacrifice and all that kind of stuff being probably the most seasoned member uh of limited among us uh, give us a little rundown of of what you've seen in the limited format of M21. Where it kind of started off at, and and what you how you've seen it kind of progress since the the beginning of the set coming out.
1: Yeah, um, it's it's quite interesting that you've drawn out um, these archetypes that you know we do see them you know time and time again in these core sets. The plus one plus one counters, black white life gain, uh, blue red spells. You know these are just when you think of some limited archetypes. Those are often the first ones you think about. And um, when this course came out, I think a lot of people were imagining that these archetypes were going to be very important in terms of how decks were built. And I think in the early format, we definitely saw a lot of people trying to do the thing, trying to build decks that that made the thing happen, whatever the thing was. So. A, tip, a very typical example of this, I think, is the blue-black deck, the blue-black recursion deck. The blue-black uncommon, the Obsessive Stitcher, is, you know, it's a it's a looter. It gets things in the graveyard, and then you can sacrifice it to reanimate a thing. And then there's a common reanimation card, Rise Again. Um, and I guess people were trying to do this thing where they were like, okay, I'm going to get these blue looters. I'm going to put cards in the graveyard. I'm going to put in my 7-drop 5-7 uh, hexproof, or I'm going to put in my um, whatever that black 10 drop is the gloom so uh, maybe it's an 8 drop and it's this big uh, and I'm going to reanimate it and then so in the early format it was quite in the very beginning uh, people were trying to do all these archetypes and then it just emerged very very quickly that the archetypes were not good it just the cards that they gave us in this set to do the synergies with were just not very strong they were and they didn't give you enough pieces to really be able to build a deck that was a dedicated recursion deck or a dedicated Black White Life Gain deck. And uh, Black White Life Gain, I think, is the, the biggest one that just isn't a deck because there, there were all these pieces that looked very exciting, like the Griffin Eerie, the uh, the Uncommon, the, the Veto, the Rare, and everyone looked at all these cards and they thought, wow, I'm really going to be able to gain three life a turn. And then everyone realised that Tavern Swindler is um, literally a swindle, like <laughs> it's literally <laughs> is a scam, um, and that they were never going to gain three life return. Revitalise is not great, and all of these things. Um, so that fell by the wayside very quickly. I would say within the first few days of the, maybe even two days of the format, people realised we're not going to be able to do these archetypes. So then people started um, looking at value, right? So and this, I think this is quite a natural progression you get with a lot of um, limited sets where people have one, first they want to do the fun thing and in a lot of sets you actually get to do the fun thing. So Ikoria was one of these sets um, where synergy really, really mattered and the more the format developed, the more people could explore these smaller synergies like the, trying to do the thing, the cycling thing, the mutate thing, or whatever it was. But now in... In M21, people started out with that mindset, or at least I definitely started out with that mindset, fresh from Ikoria where we thought, wow, synergy is great. And then the synergies were terrible. So people then started moving back to a, a more core set mindset or a more fundamentals mindset where they thought, okay, we're going to draft removal, we're going to draft value, we're going to draft card draw. Reign of Revelation is in this set. What a great card, four mana, draw three, discover. Like, you know, what more could you want? And for a while, maybe a week or so, we were seeing a lot of these dirtlier um, decks. You know, the blue-black recursion deck kind of became blue-black control. It became more based on removal. It became more based on card draw. And then the blue-red deck that Sean's apparently obsessed with <laughs> emerged also during this time was kind of like... Well, the blue-red spells thing is good. Sometimes you're going to get to do blue-red spells, but, you know, red's got great removal. Blue's got great card draw. Let's just put all of those in a deck and you can't go that wrong. But now I think we're actually moving into a third phase of this format where value isn't enough anymore because people have realized that aggressive decks are a thing, which is very strange because a lot of the time I feel like in the early format people try trying to do aggressive decks, but in this format... Um, We're we're now at the stage where people have learned how to build some of these more aggressive decks that weren't as obvious before. So uh, one of the big features in in this set is that there's not that many good two drops. But the two drops that are good are very, very good. So you have to get some of... So if you're building aggro, you have to try and get some of these almost like mythic two drops like you're the the seasoned halo is obviously like the best one of all the, the white two drop that's a three one you can discard a card to give it indestructible in green you have the two mana three three that has defender but it often doesn't because there are so many ways of pumping it or having a four power creature that it, it can attack as a three three and then in red there's a couple as well there's the chandras uh the Pinger, the magma um and there's also the other red two drops, oh, the prowess guy, and, um, and, but I think in the early, or the earlier parts of the format, people were trying to play a lot of different two drops, and they were all quite bad, and then people now realise you just have to focus on the few two drops that are really good, Alpine Houndmasters is another one of them, um, and just play a lot of them, and now, so now we're kind of really seeing this shift of the metagame again, where people realize, oh, you don't have to have a lot of value. Like Reign of Revelation now, I think, has definitely fallen off a lot in terms of how good it is uh, because you just don't have the time anymore. Well, your opponent's going to be going uh, turn one, Goblin Arsonist. It's like, like the dumbest card ever, <laughs> but whatever. They're going to play on turn one. Turn two, they go Season haloblade, Turn three, they go Alpine to Get two two-drops. And then by turn four or five, you're facing down a bunch of st- st- small creatures, you're sat there with a five mana removal spell in your hand and a Rain of Revolution, and your opponent goes Bolt Hound, attack with the team, give everything plus one plus zero, and you're dead. And I think that's kind of where we're at right now, where people have learned how to build the Bolt Hound deck. They've learned how to build the, uh, the Green-White Counters deck. is another deck that I think started off kind of slow, and people realize now that there are good cards for it, and there are bad cards for it, and if you play the good ones, they're very strong. And yeah, the the red-green drowsing Tyrannodon. I don't know if that's what it's called. Drowsy.
0: <laughs> they call it like ferocious It's kinda like it's like oh yeah. Be, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. The ferocious deck. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's kind of I think where we're at right now. Um removal was at the beginning we thought wow, this has so much removal in it. Grasp of darkness, obviously great removal spells, scorching Dragonfire, shark, uh and then the the classic 5 mana removal. The finishing blow, the secure the scene. And everyone thought, wow, this, this uh, face fetters is another one. Everyone's like, wow, this has so much removal in it. And then now it just feels like, apart from maybe this small, like you're scorching dragonfires and such, five mana removal is just really very, very clunky right now, in my view. It, like you're always trading down a mana for it and a lot of the creatures quite small, so you feel like you're doing five damage or something and it's costing you five mana and you're killing a an alpine houndmaster which you have to kill but it doesn't feel worth it and you're just always behind so i know aggro is the truth is
0: that's the that's that's the overarching theme
1: (laughs) that is the overarching theme um and a couple things i did sorry just to finish off on there are some bombs in this format and there are some unbeatable bombs that as with any format but um and a lot of them are very powerful you know the Planeswalkers. Uh, Garrick, Garak, very, very powerful, of course. All the, all the Planeswalkers are pretty good. Um, but to me the real standout rare has been scavenging ooze. Uh, it's such a weird thing to think that like of all these rares I'm like but scavenging ooze. One, it's a two drop and there aren't that many good two drops and this is the best two drop. And and two it just synergizes with everything, synergizes with the monstrous thing, with the counter thing. It, you cannot lose the game if you're into the mid to the late game with a scavenger it's very very difficult to die it's very difficult for them to opponents do anything the it. so yeah there are a, f- a few cards like that which are real standouts in this-
0: sean i feel like we just kind of got the most efficient master class in limited uh that you could ever ask for like it's just kind of like great awesome i feel like i could jump into arena right now and go get seven wins like yeah great awesome i'm set i'm good to go yeah.
2: I felt like I was supposed to pay fifteen dollars for that
0: whole description. <laughs> Great. Now we have to start a whole new podcast yeah. with Haiyu that's part of the Patreon levels that we never talk about. That's like yeah. for fifteen dollars you can join the limited podcast with Haiyu to actually understand how to how to play and win in the limited format. Yeah. I mean uh, Sean, I mean you you have you know, you've dipped your toes into the format as well. And it's something that kind of stood out to me from what Haiyu was talking about is that like, yes, there's archetypes to the format, but in a lot of ways, uh, the format kind of comes back to making sure you know the, the basics about how to build a good deck or know, w- at least know what you're good at and try to find a, a way to embrace uh, the playstyles that you enjoy. So what, what have you found in, uh, you, you know, your, quote, no pun intended, your limited experience with the, with the format?
2: <laughs> good one, <laughs> like it, love Thank it. Thank you. All right, hi. here's going to be the segue into my next little rant here. What do you think of the two and a blue, two-one, can't remember the first part, but it's a Glide Master. Um, you could pay two and a blue to give another creature flying. What do you think of that card? I've been loving it a lot, but um, maybe it's not that great.
1: Um, I've had mixed feelings about it. I feel like if you're going to be in one of the aggressive blue decks, uh, um, to me that's blue-white and blue-red. Um, in blue-white, you have a lot of flyers anyway. Like, a, a lot of your creatures are just going to naturally be flyers. Oh, the blue-white two-drop is the one that I forgot to talk about, which is also great. The watcher is just completely nuts. Um, uh, so it, when you are when you have a lot of flyers anyway, it's not amazing. But um, the blue-red deck, I actually like the Glide Master in a lot more because you're kind of making these... Like you're making Spellgorger weirds, you're making you know some of these bigger creatures, um, and you can you can really get some utility out of that that ability. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm not like the highest on it because three mana is quite a lot to pay, but it's a good two drop. But it's definitely not it's not even like it's I would play it, and I would at least play it one copy in in any blue deck.
2: Okay, so, like, if you picked a Glidemaster, you're not upset that you have it in your deck. Got it. Okay, cool. Yeah,
1: I'm not upset at, that I have it, but I'm also not in love with it. Okay, I just fair. feel like, a lot of the time, if you're getting to the point in blue or in blue-green, maybe, where you've got a Colossal Dreadmore and you're flying over, or you've got your 5-7-hex-spined Megadon... Is that mm. what it's um and you're and you're flying it over. Like you probably won the game anyway, regardless of whether you you can fly it over or not because you've got <laughs> <laughs> you've got a closet Red Moor, or you've got a, a spine method So Yeah,
0: you didn't um, you didn't invite them to the party, but somebody brought them and you're like, okay, that's okay, cool.
1: But you like it a lot, sure.
2: Yeah, I mean I uh I drafted multiple copies I think when I, I did two drafts this week and both of them I ended up playing blue red spells. There's a couple of cards that I played the first time that I think were a mistake. Like you had mentioned the five-mana removal spells. I played, like, a copy of Turn to Slag over, like, the six-mana Menace Ogre. And I think that was a mistake. Um, But I think I got seven wins with both decks. I liked both of them. Uh, But I did one of my decks, which was my favorite of the two, was the three of the dog. That's a 2-2, but I think you said it's Chandra's Magma. That you can Mm -hmm. tap it and deal one damage before. I had three of those in one of my deck, and I literally was pinging my opponent three times a turn. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. But I like the Blue Red Spells deck. I mean, it fits my playstyle. Both of them were pretty good. Maybe maybe not A's or anything like that. They're probably, like, a solid B. They did the job. I liked them.
1: I am a big fan of Chandra's Magma. And the Chandra's Magma is really uh, what, probably the key card that um, I'm thinking about when I'm saying that Agra is kind of taking over. Because... It's just so hard to turn the corner against that card.
2: Yeah. Like, I mean, it's really hard. Yeah, I've historically, throughout Magic, I love the cards that, like, you play them early, you can attack with them, and then if they put a 5-5 in the way, then you can just, like, you know, stop attacking and start pinging them. There's been cards like that in the past that I've played, you know, so getting to play that card again was definitely very nice.
0: Yeah, it seems in some ways, Hayu, that... You know, would you say that this, this format is kind of a, a way to go back to basics, not the card, but the actual mindset of uh, of looking at a format and instead of trying to preemptively go, okay, these are the archetypes, uh, this is what I should be looking for, and this kind of stuff, but really staying open to the mindset of going, what is my deck trying to do? What does my deck need? And what are my opponents going to try and do? And then kind of uh, leave everything else aside as you as you kind of, uh, fashion together these forty cards into the best deck that you can.
1: Uh, yeah, I would I would agree with that, Brasky. Um, the like it is it does feel very back to basics. Definitely not the card, um, <laughs> but, but very uh, in terms of you know. And I, I think a lot of people when they start out in limited, um, they get taught things like bread or whatever, like not things that are not actually good, but approximate being good.
0: Yeah, the, it's like the core. It's the core tenants to become literate in the format,
1: right? And I think, but I think the in every single set, you know, we do have this always this synergy versus card power level tension. And what's interesting about this set is that when it came out, it felt like everyone looked at the cards and thought, okay, these cards, are, the power level was not high, so maybe it's a synergy set. <laughs> And then everyone realized, wait, it's not a synergy set because the synergies aren't good. So we're back to power level. Um, but the power level overall is still not very high, which is why we're now starting to see uh, the predominance of these these two drop decks. Um, and also, you know, when threats aren't powerful, removal gets worse. And that's, that's something that I think isn't as intuitive as it could be. When you're spending five mana removing something, that thing had better be worth spending five mana removing. We've, I, mean, I know we've kind of touched on this already, but um, it's just interesting to me to see that, you know, everyone talks about drafting, oh, draft your bombs, draft your removal, draft your flyers, but when you, come, when it comes down to it in this set, actually you've, yeah, like you say, you've really got to have a, a vision for your deck, and often the vision is Curve out, play play as powerful creatures as you can. Um, maybe do some counters or whatever it is. But the overarching thing is you can't just have an assumption about what it's going to be. You have to really be on your toes in draft as you're going picking cards that you kind of evaluating them on the spot.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a great point. I mean, if there's anything that sticks with me is that that specific comment you made about if the, if the power level isn't higher, specific creatures aren't that high, then removal gets worse as well that's something like even even myself who does play limited um it's those types of small comments that just kind of will stick in my brain and be like oh you know i never really that makes sense and in playing the format uh that totally uh, i totally understand what you're saying right there but i never just like outright put those words together and said oh that is something i'm going to remember as i continue to draft the format and that's something that uh is going to help me get better at the game of magic and that's something it, that we like to talk about in this podcast is you know what are we doing to get better at the game of magic and i know that all of us have kind of the little things that we want to do to get better at the game of magic i'll, I'll go over mine kind of real quickly because really it's 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 kind of a meme but i'm just i'm so happy that i found an esper blink deck and all i'm doing is just learning every last bit of how wonderfully terrible that deck is. So what am I doing? I'm going to learn how to sideboard my wonderfully terrible Esper Blank deck and uh, just make everyone else that I'm playing against his lives miserable. But I'm sure both of you have better ideas of what you're going to do to get better at the game of Magic. Sean, what, what are you going to be doing to get better at the game this week?
2: Yeah, so I mean, kind of touched on it a little bit before with the historic open at the end of the month. So I'm going to be playing even more historic than I've been playing these last couple of weeks. Um... And then (laughs) hoping that come Monday, I get to, you know, sleeve up my birthing pods once again. But mainly going to be focusing on historic because I want to try to cash out in the uh, Star City or the arena open at the end of the month. So in between that, I'll be playing historic when I can. And then I'm sure I'll be playing some Star City events as well. So I'll be getting ready for those. Nice. And how how about you?
1: Um, So I'm. It's setting myself a little bit of a different challenge this week i usually i do play standard but i don't love it so i don't play it a lot um but this week i'm gonna learn team of reclamation it's time after like all of this time team of reclamation and standard you've
0: been I've avoiding learned, it for so long think, but now it's I've time been avo-
1: yeah i've been avoiding it for the longest time because i just didn't want to click all the mana and then they brought in QQ, and then I realized, actually, there's no real excuse not to learn it anymore. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to try and learn Team Reclamation. I've already started out on my journey, and so far what I've done is uh, failed to set an end step-stop multiple times. Um, so, yeah, trying to, trying to tighten up my technical play.
0: You know what would have helped you there? Playing more Nexus of Fate. <laughs> I'm going to
1: pause for a really long time again. <laughs>
0: I will say, though, that eventually we just have to start naming decks by our reactions to them. It's like, what are you playing? Well, I'm playing Teamer, fine. Like, all right, fine. I have to learn this thing. Like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to start playing some Jund uh, some Jundug and then kind of go from there. Whatever's tier one, don't give it the of it. Don't give it the actual name of it. Just kind of talk about what's my reaction to it. I'm going to call it this.
1: My personal pet name for Jund is Jund Game Actions.
0: <laughs> Just give it give it that jun G A abbreviation. Well, I think uh, whether we're gonna be abbreviating decks, whether they're gonna be learning and dipping into formats that we are experienced with, wherever we are gonna learn something new and try out a new format, whatever it is, we're gonna be playing the game of magic over the course of the next week. And we know that there's gonna be a lot of places where the folks listening to this podcast can find out about us and where we're gonna be playing the games and our opinions of what's going on there. And as such, I would like to know where can folks find you and the places that you create content on the internet. Sean, let's start with you.
2: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at MrToolShed, twitch.tv slash MrToolShed. Uh, I'm taking a break from streaming this week, have some personal stuff going on, but I'll be back on Monday to maybe play some Birthing Pod in Modern, uh, but I'll definitely be playing at least Historic, so come catch me on Monday. Uh, with my hopeful Birthing Pod journey.
0: Gosh, you're, a, you're like a kid waiting for Christmas. That If you, oh. just, if you believe strong enough, it's going to happen.
2: <laughs> you know, it's it's been years since I've been able to say Birthing Pod, like cast Birthing Pod in Modern. Um, every time the B&R update comes, kind of like how you was saying with the Splinter Twin, I'm literally like, I think this is the fourth time I've bought Birthing Pods before a BNR and r update, <laughs> and then have to sell them after, just because they don't get on band. So... <laughs> I bought four birthing ponds. How much money have you it. lost doing it? I I've lost so much money on other things. I just stopped keeping track at some point. So.
0: <laughs> well, uh, hi you. When we're not when we're not helping Sean commiserate in the fact that birthing ponds unbanned. Uh, what what are you gonna be doing, and where can people find the content you make?
1: Um. So people can find me on Twitter uh, at Nefet, n i p h e t t e. Um, otherwise, you can probably find me covering any number of tournaments that um, have have communicated that they need somebody to cast them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I that was that was great, great,
0: great communication right there.
1: <laughs> there. Yeah, I'm doing the the VML um, uh, tomorrow on Friday and uh, Spagoi draft on Sunday, and then a smattering of tournaments in the. In the upcoming couple of weeks but uh mostly if people want to get in touch with me um definitely do do reach out on twitter um and if especially if you want to look at pictures of cats food or my face photoshopped on sublime epiphany
0: <laughs> i think a lot of people would like to uh, see any of those three things i think that uh i think that that's a great place to find them at and of course uh, HiU is the newest member of Team Swagoi, which, uh, of course, is sponsoring this podcast. You can find out everything about our eSports teams, whether they be Magic the Gathering, Hearthstone, or otherwise, at Swagoi.com, S-W-A-G-O-I.com. And, of course, you can tweet at us at Swagoi Gaming, S-W-A-G-O-I Gaming. You can tell us what you think of the podcast. You can tell us what you think of uh, HiU's face on Sublime Epiphany. You can tell us uh, why cats are the best and uh and and dogs are just not that great both in this specific m21 format but also in general like that's just something i think we believe in uh but that's that's what we want to know we also want to know how you're thinking about the podcast so leave us a review on whichever format you're listening to this podcast itunes spotify or otherwise because we know that we'll always have some content to share with you when it comes to the world of magic the gathering and we know that we'll do that again all next week so we'll see you later
1: Bye. bye
0: Bye, thanks for having me. Well, it was just a pleasure. Tons of fun. Tons of fun.